This is Nuance Radio. Whoop, whoop, it's the sound of the police. <laughs> whoop, whoop, it's the sound of the police. <laughs> Nuance Radio invites you to join the conversation that has come to be known as One Bloke Went to Mo. Welcome, welcome. This is One Bloke Went to Mo. Uh, my name is not important, but you can call me Biddle, if you like, uh, amongst <laughs> other things. Uh, with me is Victoria. Victoria, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. I sound better this week. Good, good. Yes, you're... Um, Sinus infections clearing up. Yeah. That's good. And uh, homemade remedy, I believe. Yes. You want to tell us about that? What's in that? Uh, honey, ginger, turmeric, and a little bit of pure vanilla extract. Mm. Yes, it's very strong. Nice. So you've been taking that for about five days, and uh, it's really had an effect? Yes, it has. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like drainage, but, you know, that's been getting... It's been evacuating my passages in my head, and my lymph node's not as swollen now. That's really interesting. Where did you come up with that recipe? A little bit of looking around online, and I saw a video that also backed up my idea for it. Oh, okay. Did a little research. We all know turmeric's really good, and ginger is just vicious, so... Uh Well, that's awesome. Combine them. Going. Maybe you should market that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, um, happy Easter to all those who observe and celebrate. Um, yes. Uh, I, I never know when Easter is going to be, you know. It kind of springs up on me. Uh, you know? <laughs> Spring. <laughs> yes, pun intended. Um both a time for celebration and a time for reflection, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always been an odd word to you. I don't think of it as a celebration in a way. I know you're, you're supposed to, but um, I think it's quite, kind of sad. But Reflecting is probably better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it coincides with the full moon, I guess, right? Easter. That's why it, it moves around a lot. It's not on a specific date. Something to do with the lunar calendar, I believe. I believe so. Yeah, so um, as you can imagine, it's a big day for families getting together, but also for a lot of falling outs, you know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And craziness uh, down at the ER, I expect. Goodness gracious. This past full moon, Mm -hmm. was it on the 7th or the 6th, whatever? Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Everything was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. My work was crazy. My animals were ridiculous. Everything was just wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, over in the UK, uh, congestion on the roads as uh, lots of people try to visit family members uh, on this weekend. So um, you're probably listening to this after the uh, Easter weekend, but um, I hope you made it back in on time and um, the roads weren't too much of a problem for you. But uh, it is a thing, you know. I know the same thing happens here, you know, but it's on, you've got so much space over here, you know, it's not really... Uh, as big of a thing, I don't think, as it is in the UK. I guess in town or in cities, it gets kind of yeah, crowded. There are hot spots, aren't there? Yeah. You know, definitely. Um, 
lots of uh, soccer events going on, obviously, this weekend. Uh, personally, uh, I'm recording this at the time of the Liverpool-Arsenal match because I got to the point where I just can't watch anymore. <laughs> I think, you know, I've got to preserve my sanity and I'm just expecting them to lose every game. I think they should wear black for the rest of the season. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's about all I have to say to that. So probably at the end of this show, you know, I'll be checking in on the result and you'll hear a big moan or... I don't know. Anyway, just, I can't watch. Uh, I can't watch. Just, uh, <laughs> or listen. Over here in Howell County this weekend, uh, lots of people walking up and down the highways carrying crosses. Um, I didn't know it was a thing, but um, I guess they're walking to some sort of uh, mutual uh, crucifixion. Is that what's going on? What are they here? Uh, have you seen them on the roads? I have not. Oh, okay. I yeah, I had to drive up to Houston on Friday. Uh, which is about an hour north of West Plains, and up and down the highway, um, people are out there with these uh, big white crosses. And the funny thing is, you know, Abbott's with me, my five, uh, six-year-old now, and he's like, Dad, why are these people walking around with these big T's? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, apparently I was also um, over at Ace Muffler. Um, they were doing some work on one of my cars, and... Uh, uh, the owner there, Allison, she was telling me about a guy who every year walks from Thayer up to Willow Springs carrying a big cross. Have you heard about this guy? I have not heard about this guy. No. I haven't heard about any of this. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and I don't know what to think about that. I mean, yes, it's impressive because, I mean, if you know the distance, it Thayer probably... Willow Springs. Yeah, Goodness. it takes him at least two days, if not probably three days. I, I imagine he probably like sets out on the Friday and gets to Willow Springs on the Sunday. He probably has to camp out at least two nights, I would have thought, to do that kind of distance, right? Yeah. So um, Maybe it's his own way of reflecting. Well, yeah, I'm sure he do a lot of reflecting on the road when he's <laughs> walking that far. I'm trying to think how far it is. I mean, to drive to Thayer, it's at least, what, like 40 minutes, something like that. Yeah, and, and that's then, just from West Plains, and isn't then it? Willow Springs is probably another 20 minutes north of here. So driving-wise, it's like... It's got to be like 50 miles. I bet it is. Goodness. You're working in it right now. I'm, I'm, I've got to find out. i got okay. to know. <laughs> All I was going to say is, while you're doing that, is it just seems to me at some point, isn't it, isn't it someone really looking for attention, you know? Um, I don't know if it's, like it might <clears throat> be a good kind of pilgrimage to make, but at the same time, you are making a spectacle of yourself. Oh, well, yeah, you, you are. You know, yeah. Um, Okay, so, so I don't know how much is you know worship and how much is ego, really. Yeah, but, now um, um, it's still Im very impressive. What is the mileage? Okay, depends on which way he goes. Yeah. One of them is forty nine miles, and uh -huh. the other is fifty seven miles. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there is a third little roundabout kind of way that's fifty one miles. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's he's walking a good ways. Like, he could go through West Plains, but I've never seen him, or he could go the other route, which is way out in the country and zigzagging. Both ways cut through Pomona. Oh, right, right. So Yeah, that's not a short walk. Not at all. No. Uh, so, coming up late in the show, uh, Victoria, what are you going to be talking about? Well, uh, there's... A lot of people who have issues with dogs, so I'm going to talk about dog bite prevention, and I think dog bite prevention week is April 9th, mm -hmm. starts April 9th. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about that and how you can 
help yourself and your kids reduce the chances of dog bites. Okay, excellent. Yeah, good to know. Because I have dogs, you have a dog, most people we know have dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's good information to have. It is, it is. And as I told you before, you know, um, unfortunately this happened to my sister when she was a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. Little terrier, um, kind of Pekingese type of dog. Wouldn't you know? We wouldn't really think it would be much of a threat, but you know, as if you're a little kid and you get down in their face and you know, you just cross some sort of imaginary boundary, and then they snap at you, or maybe they're just playing. I know my border collie. You know, if he got ever, if he ever got too worked up, too mm-hmm. excited, he would start snapping at me. You know, and then I'd have to like back off, but. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I'm interested in hearing all about that. Oh, yes, yes. Well, awesome. Uh, for my part, you know, we thought for the day, um, I wanted to talk about the police, you know, um, kind of in general, but also with a few specific examples and the differences between what I've experienced in the UK and um, over here. So, Yeah, I've wondered about that yeah, before. Yeah, it is a little different. It is a little different. Um. Local news coming up in a second, but before that, I mentioned that I was talking to Alison from Ace Muffler, um, and she mentioned that uh, she's looking for a mechanic and a welder. Now, I don't know how serious she is. You know, it was kind of an off-the-cuff remark about uh, needing some help and needing to find a good mechanic who'd, you know, stick around for a while and not be quite so flighty. Um, But I just thought, oh... That's a little service we could provide to people, um, telling them about possible job opportunities that maybe haven't even been advertised yet. So, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't hurt. You never yeah. know. So um, I don't know how serious she was. I'm going to be seeing her uh, next week just to double check. But um, there you go. Ace Muffler on ZZ as you're going out of town south on, uh, what is it, 63? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just after the... Uh, Dairy Queen there, I suppose. Dairy Queen. Yeah, and then uh, on the left, um, that's where Ace Muffler is. And Alison, who runs it, if you're a mechanic or a welder or know someone who is, uh, give her a call, you know. So, uh, um, and also, you know, if you're a local business person and you're looking to hire someone or get some help, um, you know, let us know. Yeah, please do. We'll advertise any job openings for sure. Yeah, real job openings, not these weird ghost jobs that have been proven. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> I knew that was going to trigger you. Yes, I'm triggered. <laughs> triggered. <laughs> let me tell you about my talking point of the moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on, let me, let me complain for a minute. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> no, know. No, no, we no, know, I'm know. not. We know. So uh, what's going on over there? Over there, yes, <laughs> over there. That place. In the land of Nod. <laughs> Um, okay, well, um, biggest, probably the biggest story I read over there was, um, now, brace yourself, right? Now, if you're eating, stop eating or skip this bit and come back to it. Basically, a mum, right? You call them moms, but um, a mum over there um, who had a bunged up toilet. Does that make sense to you? So a blocked toilet. Yeah. Uh, she was told by the uh, water authority of the local council or someone, um, uh, Make sure your poos are not too large. That was, that, was, <laughs> I, that was the advice she got. I read the article. I know. <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> 
what? <laughs> I would have made a spectacle of everything. No, over here, I don't know if you ever listened to KSMU, which is the local NPR station, uh-uh. but they, they have a, a regular you know, like government warning about not putting anything more than toilet paper down the toilet, mm-hmm. you know, because like, you know, as a city of Springfield, they're dealing with a lot of uh, blockages that come from people putting... Well, now, I like wet wipes. I have to say, like, on the debate between toilet paper versus wet wipes, I much prefer wet wipes. I mean, (laughs) you can get these supposedly flushable ones, you know, that are somewhat biodegradable, and those are the ones I use. But now, that's different for me because I've got a septic system. So, you know, like, I'll get it emptied out every, like, three years or so. So it's not really affecting the city's sewer system. But they apparently up in Springfield are dead against the, these things and uh, they want everyone to be using dry, coarse, horrible toilet paper. Get that triple ply. <laughs> Which brings me on to another point. You know how, you know, some people measure their wealth in like the size of their house or the um, the car they drive, you know, clothes they wear, things like that. Yeah. Um, I think we should also expand the range of um, criteria that we look at. And one of them for me, well, two things, right? One would be like how many jars of, uh, you know, preserved food, you know, tomato and onions and all that kind of pickles and things like that, that you have in your cellar. Mm-hmm. And also in your bathroom closet, how much toilet paper do you have? You know, are you ready for Armageddon? Or are you one of these people that, you know, you get a snowstorm prediction five days from now and suddenly you're rushing to Walmart and there's nothing there because everyone has had this thought of, oh, must get toilet paper. Uh, No, I believe in, you know, stack that, you know, find a closet, empty it out and fill it with toilet paper and you'll feel really wealthy. Like, look at all of my rolled up paper. I am prepared (laughs) for whatever comes. (laughs) Hey, man. I'm a wealthy man. Hey, hey, use a bidet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Use a bidet. I would love a bidet, yes. Not the one I have, though. B day. B day. Not the one in my house, though. That one's not nice. (laughs) It's not nice at all. Uh, in other news, um, this is up in Gloucester, but a similar story happened in Bristol a few weeks ago, if you remember. A big garden center, you know, it's full of these gigantic greenhouses um, that's been standing empty for a long time. Now it's finally being torn down and turning into houses. So uh, another good sign over there of a growing economy. Um, this was nice. Uh, the Gloucestershire County Council... They are planning, you know, they've got this like uh, plan, I guess, in the UK to not have any more gas powered vehicles after 2030, I think it is. So not that far away, right? Eight years. Um, So in the meantime, like, I think they're going to say like after 2030, um, they won't allow the sale of any gas powered vehicles or diesel vehicles in the UK. You know, they've all got to be electric. Or, okay, some, about, or some alternative, you know, before you say it, like hydrogen or something like that. What about the pre-existing cars? Um, well, they'll just be phased out, you know, like but there won't be any new ones introduced into the market. So okay. I, I guess so they'll, they they'll be around for as long as there's there's gas available, right? Which um, I don't know if you've read the, the stats, but I think we've got about 50 years left before we before we run out of oil ah. on the planet. Ah, So, you know, eventually they're going to be redundant anyway. Um, but anyway, they are, you know, this year in part of the plan is to, uh, install 1000 charging centers across the County, you know, and Gloucester, you know, it's, 
like I said, there's not that many people living in Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire, the county, you know, so probably about the same as they are in Howell County or maybe Howell in Texas or something like that. So um, a thousand is quite a lot, you know. Um, and the nice thing that I, I saw them doing is they're actually writing to any resident that's going to be near one of these proposed charging stations and they're asking them for feedback, you know. So before they, like, come in, you know, because that, isn't that what the people hate about the government? They just decide to do something and suddenly, you know, we've all got to adopt to their policy. Um, I like it, you know. They, they're not just... Um, putting an advert in the paper and, you know, hoping that people don't read it. They're actually writing to, to people who are going to be affected and saying, you know, give us your feedback. Is this a good idea to put a charging station right there? You know, so hopefully they can eliminate, you know, any um, poor planning decisions before they actually implement this rollout. Huh. All right. Well, at least they're being considerate enough. Yeah, I think it's very proactive, you know. Oh, this was a nice story. <laughs> you know... This is going to sound daft, right? But I never actually believed that wolverines were... I didn't really know that wolverines were a real animal. Up what? In, up, in, up until about, I don't know, a year ago. They're one of my favorite animals. I really thought it was like a Marvel comic um, <laughs> that had made up the name. Like, I thought Wolverine was like this guy who was like half wolf and half something else. And so, therefore, his name was Wolverine. I didn't actually know that yeah. Wolverines were a real thing. They're the largest of the weasel species. I know. Golly, you're getting They're, all excited over there, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, I love them. <laughs> They're crazy animals. Well, anyway, over in Bristol, there's this nature reserve called Wild Place, and uh, they've had some wolverines there for a while, and now they've started breeding. So you can go along to there, uh, this place called Wild Place, and see these baby wolverines that Ooh. just emerged. Ooh, yeah. I want to see them. Yeah. I'll, um, they didn't have a lot of really good photos. so um, They're very private animals. I'm going to have to do some more. Um, if I see any, you know, I'll definitely put, put them on our Facebook page. Oh. Yeah. It's really hard to get wolverines to breed in captivity, I think. I imagine so. I mean, they're... They don't like to see each other to begin with, so... Oh, okay. Right, right. Yeah. So more more on wolverines probably next week because I've just discovered that they are a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe? 53 years old. I mean... Good job. <laughs> yes. Um, up in Stroud, which is just above Gloucester, um, I like this idea. There's a lady who's campaigning to um, get the community to, uh, oh, how to, how to explain it. She calls the campaign uh, Safe Place, right? And the idea is, you know, um, often if you're a woman and you're walking through town and you got that feeling that, you know, some guy is, you know, stalking you or following you or acting suspiciously or you just, you know, don't, you feel threatened or you feel uncomfortable. Your Tinder date ain't going quite so right and you got the bad vibes. Oh, uh, yeah, good point. Um, she's encouraging local, you know, cafes and restaurants and retailers to put up a sticker in the window um, identifying themselves as a safe place. And what they mean by that is that, you know, if you were ever feeling uncomfortable, you could walk into one of these places that has a sticker and, you know, they'll know what to do. They've already had some training, so they will, you know, find you a table in the back, you know, that's private or bring you into a place where you feel safe and then let you use their phone to call the police or, you know, call for help or, you awesome. know, 
call a family member to come and get you, whatever you need, right? So um, you can just slip into one of these places and, um, you know, get in contact with someone that can come and help you. So Fantastic. Yeah, I thought it was a lovely idea and, you know, really simple because it just involves a little bit of training and, you know, a sticker in the window and then raising public awareness, which is, I guess, what they're doing using uh, by publishing this news article, so that uh, everyone then knows, you know? So That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. Over in Bristol, uh, they have a new Japanese restaurant, which Yum. looks amazing, because I know you like sushi, right? Oh, yes. So um, this place looks amazing. If we ever find ourselves in Bristol, we have to go to it. Uh, I was just looking at the pictures. I mean... I know sushi is sushi, and I mean, we have a great sushi restaurant here, but... Um, hey, some places just have that little extra edge to them. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, they now, I, I'm telling you about Abbott and the big T's, you know, the people walking around with crosses. They Actually, I'm surprised at this. There, there was a, an Easter march in Stroud on Friday uh, where they were doing similar things, you know, carrying these big uh, crucifixion crosses, and... Um, I guess I'm surprised because I don't remember when I was a kid, you know, all that time ago, the church really being so public. I mean, you know, so... Public evangelism? Yeah. So the church, you know, I mean, the Church of England is, is pretty low-key, you know, and these have these beautiful stone churches, and you go there for all your major events anyway, and lots of kids go to a Sunday school, you know, or at least this was what it was like back in the in my day, right? Um, but now, you know, like when, when I back, when I went back there in 2010, I met quite a few, uh, of the people that I was working with, people that my sister was employing in the pub, um, who were like 18, 19, and they were really into the church and, um, it looked like, like quite a healthy thing. You know, it was like the modern churches that you find out here in West Plains, uh, like Genesis, where they've got the amazing sound system and they're playing really cool tunes and, um. You know, it's actually quite a fun place to go to, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, old stone churches when you're a kid, I mean, they're, they're cold, they're kind of intimidating. and uh, Yeah, it should be a welcoming environment. Yeah, really, really. And doing fun things, you know? Like, like, hey, let's celebrating sing. Life. Mm -hmm, definitely. So, um, yeah, it, it's almost gone undergone a, a renaissance, I, I would say, in the last, like, 20 years in England. So, and seems to be mostly positive. You know, so awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, final thing before, well, there's a few um, music events that I would just want to highlight, but before that, uh, there's also a new cafe in Bristol. Um, and I'm gonna have to publish the name of it because the article in the paper calls this the Hard Rock Cafe for Nerds, but it's not really a Hard Rock Cafe because we have Hard Rock Cafes over here and they're actually. Uh, like a brand of yeah. restaurants, right? Yes, it's I know there's brand. like one in uh, London or so, or so. But anyway, the basic idea of this uh, cafe is that it's going to have lots of uh, Dungeons and Dragons games and board Ooh. games and uh, host, uh, you know, tournaments, I think, um, every now and then. So, you know, if you're a gamer or a nerd, uh, it's a, it's a, it's like a little paradise. Awesome. <laughs> so, and I mention it because we have one of those here. Um, it's a bit more than just a cafe, though. I know I have a friend in town called Dave Woods, and he's always going there. Like every year, he and about a dozen friends will go up to this place in 
a city in Missouri called Bland. Have you heard of Bland? Bland. <laughs> yeah, so it's the perfect place for a gaming center, right? In the city of Bland. Bland. Hey, it's um, a little better than couch. But this place <laughs> is uh, it's basically like one big warehouse. And like half of it is shelves and shelves and shelves of all the different board games you've ever imagined, That's right? fantastic. And then the rest of it is like one big area with large tables where you can sit down and play these games. And then smaller rooms, I think they have bunk beds or single rooms. Uh, so they, you know, they can, you can, you can sleep about 12 to 15 people there. And then there's like one big kitchen where you can all uh, make your own food and stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. Again, I'll, cool. I'll, I'll, I will put that on our Facebook page. Um, but that's like taking it to the next level. Really. Yes, it is. You like know, sleeping so you, there. Yeah, you can go there for like the whole weekend and just do nothing but play board games. That's fantastic, though. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's in the middle of the forest and there's this big, uh, they have a big pond out front. and you know, Cool. It's a great setting. Great setting. Uh, so, yeah, finally, before I wrap up on the local UK news, uh, a couple of music events coming up. Uh, at the Lydney Town Hall, a lady called Julia Martin. This sounds good. On um, She's doing a show called This Is Me uh, on April 22nd. And she was, she's was she got a, a beautiful voice, uh, almost, uh, a lot like Ella Fitzgerald, that kind of uh, jazz, soulful, blues uh, type of so, uh, songs. And she was someone who has spent her most of her uh, singing career on cruise ships so she's been all around the world you know many times over and has come back so she does a show where she's telling you stories from her different trips and then singing a song you know to go along with it so um, that sounds like a quite a, a novel experience and um, you know a bit of comedy and a bit of music I mean all right that's quite a good combination right there yes um the other event at Lydney Town Hall uh, on May 20th is uh, John Otway and Wild Willie Barrett. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> still going strong after 50 years uh, making original music. And it sounds like they play, they're one of these duos that play all kinds of different instruments, you know? Um, so um, I think that should be a good night. And then finally, I mentioned this just because uh, my friend Julian, our foreign, foreign correspondent, sent <laughs> it to me. Um, there is an event on April 22nd at the Nags Head in Cinderford. Nags Head. <laughs> yeah, the Nags Head, uh, which is a pub, obviously. Um, and they are having, I don't know who these bands are, but anyway, they're having a music night uh, called, uh, they've got, what is it, three bands here, the Sky Shakers, Speedy Noodles <laughs> and uh, Leo Bevan. Um, but then they're supported by DJ Candy Pink Poodle Parlor. And that is a friend of ours who was DJing when we were playing there. So we played at the Nags Head one night. You see. <laughs> I think that's right. I, I, I might be wrong in saying that. Now that I say that, I think I'm wrong. But anyway, someone it, will correct you. Yeah, Julia's going to be straight on correcting me. Like you're wrong. <laughs> um, and he probably knows that you know. I've forgotten even the name of the guy that 
um, is the DJ, you know, like his real name, because just always knew him as the Candy Pink Poodle Parlor. So, <laughs> it's such a great name, isn't it? It is a great name. Also, can I throw a little note in there? Speedy Noodles. I know. Okay, so there's a breed of dog that recently got recognized called the Silken Windhound. Oh, okay. And they call them noodles. Oh, and right. I'm like, they're speedy noodles. <laughs> yes. So that's an excellent name right there. Speedy noodles instantly made me think of that dog breed. Love it. Well, what's going on in uh, West Plains? Anything? Oh, lots of police reports. But anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I filed one of them. Anywho, oh. on a different note, the uh, Missouri Department of Conservation wants everybody to be aware and slow down. Turtles are coming out of hibernation and will be crossing the road soon. Turtles. Yes. Oh, yeah. So try not to hit them. Mm-hmm. You know, don't put yourself in danger, of course, but try your best not to hit them. And if you do see one and there's, and it's safe for you to do so, do so, just scooch it across the road the direction that it was going. That's right. I do that many times every year. Sometimes I've had the luck of seeing a few endangered box turtle species mm. by doing that. So. Wow. Just, you know, yeah. be aware of that. This is coming from uh, Jefferson City, Missouri Department of Conservation, so they are also aware of it. Okay. And locally, the art of Barbara Robinette is going to be on display at the uh, Small Business Incubator through June. That's right, yeah. Yeah, she's gonna be, she has her watercolors going up, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a reception to talk to her. On April 27th from 2 to 4 at Osby. Oh, okay. That's near, yes. yeah. Because we did report on that, um, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that she was doing a presentation. So. Yeah. Closing in on it. Okay, cool. So it'll be a nice, fun reception. Get to talk to her about And that was art. April 22nd? Is that? 27th. Oh, 27th. 27th, okay. 2 to All 4 right. at the uh, Osby. Got it. Now, in other fun news, this is a, a quote. Thank y'all for the weed tax money. From Lucas. He's um, Mayor Quentin Lucas uh-huh. of Kansas City. Yeah. That was a quote from him, is thank y'all for the weed tax money. So this has to go with, you know, recreational marijuana being approved by votes and all that good stuff and mm-hmm. tacking a 3% recreational marijuana tax. This right. doesn't apply to medical. Ooh. Yes. Nice. So... The tax is stacked on the 6% sales tax, so 9% right, is what right. that's going to be for the recreational weed. And the ballot language is different, of course, in every county and city. So Kansas City and St. Louis are going to have different language as far as taxes go and what the tax money will be used for. Right. And in Kansas City... There was a 74% of, of voters approved the tax, wanting it to go to neighborhood quality of life improvements mm-hmm. to fund the Department of Health, refuse and neighborhood cleanup services, homeless prevention services, and violence prevention. Okay. So they wanted their money from the tax to go into the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. In St. Louis, there was no specific language. And I'm like, go figure as to where the money's going to go. So, yes. And oddly enough, St. Louis being bigger, the voter turnout for that was only 18%. Wow. 
and 63% in favor of the tax and 65% overall in the county. Mm. Very strange for the, the large city to have such a low turnout. Yeah, but it's, you know... Is, is a I mean, we mentioned one. that there were going to be there was going to be some elections right last week. Yeah, and I think even you were surprised. Like, I missed it yeah. entirely. Well, because you know November is usually your time for voting, right? And yes. so these like municipal municipal elections and things that are happening, you know, don't expect them to be happening in April. So. Yeah. Mm. So also on the voting, uh, St. Charles County, which is the third largest county in Missouri. It has, according to this, over 400,000 residents mm-hmm. approved the tax on recreational marijuana with 72% of the vote. Wow. Yeah. Now, these taxes, like I said earlier, they don't apply to medical right. marijuana. Cool. So the collection of these said taxes also don't begin until October 1st. Right, right. Yes. And yeah. obviously there's going to be conflict over how much counties and municipalities can assess on the taxes. They're thinking they can tax or add their own 3% on top of the 9% Mm -hmm. with whatever language they're going with in their paperwork. So there's likely going to be some bickering over this county has a 12%, this one only has a 9%. Mm -hmm. So there will be some bickering on that. And that is happening in West Plains, is that too? West Plains has the 3% on it. Yeah. So far. Uh, because we were voting on that last week, right? Yes. So that did pass, did it? Yes. Okay. So ours has the 3%. Okay. That's that's how ours is going so far. Because we don't have as big of a population as St. Charles. Right. Other fun news in the area for Missouri residents, rural and city dwellers. Bears are coming back out. Oh. So the... MDC is also putting a warning about bears. There are way more male bears out this past year and this spring than there has ever been. In in our area? Everything south of I-44. So, yes, in our area. Okay. I-44 uh, is one that goes from St. Louis to Kansas City, right? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> so everything below that, they've had a okay. massive increase. Wow. Okay. Yep. They estimate there's like 900 to 1,000 black bears really in Missouri. Wow. Now, it doesn't seem like a lot for being spread out, but given with how mobile bears are over the woods and hills and everything, mm-hmm. that's a lot of bears. Yeah, really. That is a whole lot of bears. Hmm. So, and, and the population is growing. That was just last year's numbers. There are cubs now coming out of hibernation. That's right, just right. the male bears. Wow. So there's tons of them all over the place. Keep your food out of bear, in bear-proof containers. If you have trash that doesn't, if you have trash at all, actually, make sure it's in locked containers or in some kind of secure building. Pet food, livestock feed, they're just getting a bit more intense. Also, if you have bees, oh, they yeah? are breaking into beehives. Oh, no. Yes. And MDC says the best way to prevent that is to have Elec- uh, electrical fencing around it. Oh, golly. So just little hot wires around it's fine. So I have to get an electrical fence around my two beehives? Probably just a small one. It would be beneficial for your bees. Yeah. Thing is, 
They're going to get stung if they get into that one hive, though. Yeah, that one hive is so angry. Yeah, right? you told me about that. Yeah. Now, black bears have exceptional memory. Oh, so if okay. they've hit somebody's house before for livestock feed or trash or mm-hmm. bees, they're going to remember it. Right, right. And this is an animal that can live 15 to 20 years in the wild. Right. So you how, have, how much do they bench? I don't know, but I think black bears get anywhere from, what, 300 to 500 pounds? Wow. They're not small. <laughs> no. So, Yes. Going. Here's the MDC's motto for bears. Oh, also, never feed bears. I know there's some people out there. I pers- I know some on Facebook <laughs> who go out of their way to feed wildlife. Yeah. And all I can think is rabies. <laughs> and you're going to get these animals so bold, they're going to just break into your house and they're going to eat you. Right. Don't do it. Right. The MDC motto is a fed bear is a dead bear. Because they get super bold around people, they lose their fear, and then the MDC will get a complaint that a bear is attacking someone or going into people's houses, and they euthanize them. Right. There's no good outcome if you feed wildlife. Right. And the MDC does have ways to, uh, what is it, detract bears from going back to places. Mm-hmm. You know, aversive uh, conditioning. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So they'll pepper spray them, paintball guns. They try to avoid killing the bear at all costs at first. Right. However, those methods are usually temporary, especially if you've already started feeding said bears. Right, right. Yes. Good to know. And if you ever encounter a black bear Mm. on your property or doing anything, leave it alone. Mm -hmm. Don't run, though. Okay. Running uh, excites the predatory drive, and they will chase. Right. I think, oh, right. this thing is a prey animal. It's scared of me. Mm-hmm. So best to not interact at all, but definitely don't run. Gotcha. Okay. If you have a bear causing problems, it's best to just contact the Missouri Department of Confer- Cons- Conservation, mm-hmm. and they'll either give it a negative reinforcement or relocate it, prefer- preferably. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of similar to that thought for the day that I had last week about, you know, your enemies don't see any reason to attack you because you don't seem afraid. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of similar thing, right? Yeah. Mm. Now, if anyone needs any more information about this, mm-hmm. there's the MDC fur bearer biologist, mm-hmm. Nathaniel Bowersock. You can, uh, yeah, Bowersock. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, call Sorry. yes you can call at 573-815-7900 his extension is 2903 if you have any questions or concerns about nuisance bears and how they can help with that i might have to call him just to ask him where his last name comes from where are you from <laughs> but uh that's about all I have for positive news in Missouri right now. Okay, thank you. Yes. So, uh, yeah, thought for the day. Um, wanted to talk about policing here in America compared to what I've you know experienced in England, right? So, thirty-one years in England, um, didn't have really. I've never really had a run-in with the police, you know, like. Um, but obviously, you encounter people in the police service from time to time, right? It's, it's inevitable. Um, 
Probably the funniest time, right, was when, so I'm like 22 and I'm in London. Um, I have a car and uh, after work, uh, my friend Tom and I, we go to a pub and we have a, a beer each, I think. But on the way out of the pub, I'm fooling around and I'm like jumping on his back and just pretending to be really drunk, right? I thought it was <laughs> kind of funny because we'd only had it like a pint each, right? Um, and across the street, there's a Bobby, you know, on, on patrol and he <laughs> sees me, you know, just falling out of this pub at like 6.30 in the evening or something. And then walking across the street to my car and getting in and turning on. So he immediately, you know, springs out of nowhere and stops me from driving off. And then, you know, then I have to wait for the him to call his, you know, buddies, uh, the patrol car to come around with a breathalyzer. Oh, my goodness. And I just remember it because they give you this thing and, you know, you're supposed to, like, keep breathing through it until they tell you to stop, right? I guess it, like, has some kind of indicator on it, whether it's a pass or fail. But anyway, while I was doing this, my friend Tom was just rolling on the floor laughing because he knew I wasn't drunk, you know. <laughs> um, but also, I was re I get really nervous around cops. I don't know why. I mean, they're just very intimidating, I find, uh, sometimes. And so I wasn't really blowing hard enough or long enough. And uh, the, the officer was like, no, keep blowing, keep blowing. And Tom was just behind you know me saying blow johnny blow <laughs> and then that became like a running joke you know oh like for the rest of the time that i was around him so um but now you know uh like i said i've been stopped for you know potential speeding three times here in the states and i've got off every single time because they thought i was a foreigner and didn't know where what i was doing <laughs> i just played really dumb Oh, um, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but recently, you know, I've had a few more um, encounters around police uh, in the last few years, you know, to and maybe seen a different side of them, right? And so the reason I'm talking about this is partly because I don't want anyone to get the impression that I lived this perfect life in America and, you know, nothing ever bad happens Uh because that's not reality, right? And I'm also doing this for my kids. And one day they're going to listen back to this and think, you know, is that a bit of a fake? Because, I mean, I remember what was going on around that time at Easter back in 2023. And, you know, he's talking about the police now, but is he really going to talk about, you know, what happened? Well, no, I don't want to talk about what happened because you know what happened. But um, part of it is, you know, it's Thursday night, right? Get this. And we... I witness an event where the police are trying to um, quell a situation, right? There's, yeah. a, there's someone who's very upset. And um, again, I'm over there um, or being called to the scene uh, by one of my friends. And I just thought, like, if this was in England, this would have been handled so much differently. I mean, there would have been more conversation Right. So for one thing, right, I've, I've made a little list of my grievances here, right? But um, for one thing, I feel like I'm remembering this correctly, that they, they, they're kind of, they're, they're given a lot more training, right, on how to de-escalate situations. Um, and they would talk to me and people around me as though we were equals, right? But here, I just find like, you know, for one thing, the, the cops are driving up in these vehicles that have 
all the latest equipment and <laughs> you know like if you ever see them at night they have these like really strong headlights and these extra floodlights that they that they come onto the scene with so they're already intimidating and then they get out and they've got this whole like batman belt full oh of yeah their utility belt <laughs> their utility belt full of <laughs> you know all kinds of things and i'm you know i'm sure they've got different kinds of pepper spray and handcuffs and truncheon but they've also got a pistol as well which is different right so mm -hmm. that, that's much more intimidating being uh, from a country where the cops don't have you know uh, handguns on them all the time mm. um and the other thing that I can't stand is if you ask them a question in these types of scenarios, I think they're trained not to say anything. Yeah. Because you can try and talk to them and they will not talk. And and then also they have this habit of picking up on every little thing that you say where they then ask you questions where you're thinking, no, no, I didn't, okay, Right, because you know, like when some, when, if a friend asks you, you know, like what happened, you know, you, you haven't really written down the story, so things pop into your head to to recount, as and when they pop into your head, right? So, what I'm trying to say is, you might start saying, "Well, you know, this happened, this happened," and then they'll pick up on one little thing that you said. And then start investigating you. And you're like, no, I'm just telling you what I saw. You know, like, this isn't to do with me. Like, let's let's focus on the thing at hand. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't want to go into it too much because, like I said, I understand that police officers, they have one of the hardest jobs ever. Very right? stressful and I dangerous. Mean, you know, the, one of my favorite stand-up comedian jokes about, the, about police officers is... Um, Oh, you know, they're, they're like acting out a scene and they're like, oh no, there's been some terrible crimes committed and murders and whatever. Um, who can we send? Oh, hey, you, you've got a high school education. Why don't you go solve the problem? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that was loud. Sorry. So, you know, again, I'm not trying to disparage uh, anyone that decides to be a police officer. I mean, I have the utmost respect. I could not do it. No, but at the same time, I don't know if we're giving them the best sort of training because what I see is cops who are kind of scared, honestly. Yeah. You know, and they're so scared that they have to carry lots and lots of equipment and be really intimidating. And I don't think that really helps. I think they would be much better off if they had a softer approach, right? Like, I, just to wrap up this thought, right? One of the, my favorite stories was, this happened in England where... There was a pub in town. I think, you know, it doesn't matter where it was in England, but there was a town and every Friday night it got really raucous. And basically the people in this pub were getting drunk and they wanted to fight the police, right? They wanted oh. to deliberately start a fight in the pub so that the police would come in and then they could fight the police. Oh. Okay. Oh, So no. this happened a few times, you know, and then what's, what solved the problem was... They did this one Friday night and the local, you know, head of the constabula constabulary, if you can say that. Constabulary. Um, when the cops showed up and they all got out of their minivan, um, it was all female cops. <laughs> and the people in the pub didn't want to fight them. <laughs> so I don't know what you want to take from that, but. They were um, like, oh, oh. I guess the final, th final thing to say is, you know, 
Yes, we don't want to defund the police and get rid of the police, right? I mean, that was crazy. But obviously, that phrase, defund the police, comes from this attitude of maybe we should be training police, you know, um, to be able to look after people without jumping to handcuffs and, yes. you know, guns and just don't need to be so... They don't need to try and strong arm the situation necessarily. You know? yeah. A bit more de-escalation training, I think, would go a long way. Yes. And that's all I'm going to say about that. There you go. <laughs> well, that kind of leads us on to uh, your topic for the week. Yes. Canines, Canines. for police officers. Mm-hmm. They bite. <laughs> they do bite. They are taught to bite and how to bite well. <laughs> However, uh, we, as regular people, do not want to be on the receiving end of a dog. No. So no. dog bites happen a lot in the U.S. And right. yes, about 4.5 million people in the U.S. are bitten by dogs every year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Compare that to... What? Yeah, golly. It's a massive number. It is massive. Yeah. So that's about one in five. Mm-hmm. People bitten by said dogs require medical attention. Now, this could be any size dog. I know people are going to immediately think of certain breeds. Any size dog. Because yeah. I have a breed that I've been bitten by multiple times. Mm. Let's see. Each year, more than 800,000 Americans receive medical attention for dog bites. At least half of them are children. Mm. And there's a strong reason why it's mostly children. Children are by far the most common victims of dog bites and are far more likely to be severely injured. Obviously, there's a size difference. They're shorter. Mm -hmm. There you go. Now, most of these dog bites, they affect young children and most often happen during everyday activities while interacting with get this familiar dogs that's right it's very rare that it's a stray or loose dog mm-hmm. it's always something familiar yeah senior citizens are the next most common dog bite victims so a key thing i need to hit on with this mm-hmm. i'm not going to be derogatory from any towards anyone who has been bitten right i've been bitten mm-hmm uh, especially not towards children or elderly or anyone inexperienced with dogs. This is not me making fun of you. Right. If you don't know something about dogs, you don't know. Right. That's the extent of it. Mm-hmm. Now, what I've seen to be the most common cause of dog bites is that the person who gets bit isn't aware of dog language. Mm. Dogs speak primarily through body language. Mm-hmm. Just because a dog's tail is wagging doesn't mean it's okay with you being close to it or petting it. Mm. They have their own imaginary bubble. Mm-hmm. And if you get in that bubble and the dog's already fearful and don't respect it, you're at risk of a bite. Mm. Now, there are a huge list of reasons why dogs might bite. First of all, they're scared. Mm-hmm. Something startled them, leading up to fear, of course. Yeah. Some dogs just need more space. Mm. Like, it could be a friendly dog mm-hmm. once it gets used to you. Right. Like me, for example. <laughs> if somebody I don't know came up and got in my space and wanted to start hugging me, I might bite them too. <laughs> I just might. It might skip the whole growl phase and be like, what? 
This is this is why we we sit two feet apart. To yes, <laughs> don't get close. <laughs> now another one is resource guarding. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Food, so protecting water. Their food. Yeah. Uh, some dogs see their owners as a resource. I know. My dog does that. If I feed her, and like uh, you know, we have a couple of wild cats outside, mm-hmm. and so I put her dog food outside on the front deck yesterday because it's nice and sunny. Um, and she just spent the whole day next to her bowl of food, <laughs> protecting it from the wildcats. Busy, busy work. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, resource guarding. Now, this can also be a toy, a vehicle, mm. anything that the dog finds of mm. immeasurable value. Right. Yes. And on the subject of toys, yeah, we've got one that both Abbott, you know, my six-year-old loves, and so does my dog Kinder. <laughs> and so, Yeah. Whenever he has it and he's playing with it, she's looking at him with real jealousy. <laughs> it's like, I want that. Yeah, that should be mine. I thought that was mine. Mine. So I can imagine that scenario, you know, where he's playing with it in front of her face and she thinks it's, hit, it's hers. And Yeah, just having a moment. It's like, I mm-hmm. want that and you're not sharing. Right, right. Now, pain can also cause a dog to bite. So mm-hmm. if you walk up on somebody's dog who you don't know and the owner hasn't had a chance to tell you that they had surgery or a shot or mm-hmm. have arthritis in their shoulders and you just start smacking and petting on the dog like, good girl, mm-hmm. and the dog suddenly feels pain, yeah, they're going to snap mm-hmm. because you completely skipped all of the polite introduction. Right, right. You didn't ask the owner, first of all. Mm-hmm. You didn't ask the dog, essentially. Right, right. And then... You're just basically asking for it then. You're to ask for consent. Yes. Dogs do deserve consent. Everyone does. Yes. I would also say on that, like my dog, um, it has a little space like in between its rib cage on the right-hand side. Yeah. Like if you're ever stroking it and you accidentally hit that, she would try and bite you. She squeaked for me one time. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, baby. It's almost like a... She can't help it. It's an instant reaction. Yeah. If it hurts, dogs react. Well, it's more like thing. a tickle or it's just, you know, you're not really, you don't have to put much pressure on it. It's just that one little spot. Like, yeah. It, it like tickles her or something. And mm-hmm. yeah. Now, there here are some dog bite prevention tips for parents, kids, and other dog owners. So I've taught Emma this about dogs is that she needs to be super aware of their body language. Mm-hmm. A dog that approaches you, if they are not wiggling and almost bending themselves in half mm-hmm. to greet you, give them space. Right. Not every dog is that happy to see everybody. Right, right. So in a situation where the dog's not bending, about to break its spine out of pure <laughs> joy, um, you know, let the dog approach you, let them sniff first, don't uh-huh. pet over the head, that kind of stuff. And always right, ask right. the owner first first and foremost even if the dog's pulling towards you on a leash wanting to see you mm-hmm. ask the owner first right just a courtesy thing yeah so here we go number one to teach your kids dogs don't like hugs and kisses mm-hmm. they don't like it right it's disrespectful in dog language mm-hmm. getting in someone's face mm-hmm. is rude to dogs right right hugs are kind of startling it's not natural for dogs they don't hug each other mm-hmm. that's a human yeah primate kind of thing indeed so it's weird for dogs mm-hmm. 
So here's what you can do. You can teach your kids not to hug or kiss a dog on the face. Hugging the family dog or face-to-face contact are common causes of bites to the face. Yeah. Instead, teach kids to to scratch the dog on the chest or on the side of the neck. Right, right. Gentle. Mm -hmm. Also, never sit on a dog. Yeah. I see too many photos of someone's young child sitting on a large dog. Mm -hmm. And if you just look at the dog's facial expression... They're not happy. No. They don't like it. No. The saying is, sit on the ground, not the hound. <laughs> yes. You got a phrase for everything. I got a phrase. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. So, another thing to teach kids is if you're outside and a strange dog approaches, uh-huh. teach them to stand still like a tree. Okay. Trees are boring. The dog will eventually go away. This works for strange dogs, and anytime the family dog gets too frisky or becomes aggressive, okay. be boring. Right. Also, don't stare at them when you're trying to be boring. Mm-hmm. That's a threat in dog language. Right, right. Never tease a dog. No. Never disturb a dog that's sleeping, eating, or protecting something. Right. Now, of course, you know there are certain instances that an adult needs to intervene if the dog is trying to protect, say, a piece of dark Ghirardelli chocolate. That is dangerous. So try to get the dog away in that situation. But kids don't need to mess with that. Right, right. Now, here's two of the most important things that parents can do to prevent dog bites. Supervise. Don't assume your dog is good with kids. If a toddler must interact with your dog, you should have your hands on the dog too. Even if your dog is great with kids and has never bitten, why take the chance? Indeed, yeah. Yes. With my dogs, I'm certain they're great with Emma, but I'm always there. Mm-hmm. Always be in the same room. Yeah. Or in the backyard. Right. Train the dog is the number one thing, too. <laughs> Take your dog to obedience classes where positive reinforcement is used. Never pin, shake, choke, or hold the dog down or roll the dog over to teach it a lesson. Mm. That creates fear, which increases your bite risk. Right. Dogs treated this way are likely to turn their aggression on weaker family members. Involve older children in training the family dog while supervising. Don't allow children to punish the dog. Condition the dog to enjoy the presence and actions of children using positive experiences. Right. So praising good behavior, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And being there to help the kid, your child, do the right kind of reward time. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what a dog owner can do. Of course, everyone talks about this one is a spay and neuter. This can sometimes help calm a dog down. Yeah. Some dogs can live wonderfully without being spayed or neutered. That's just their personality. That's Mm -hmm. great. Some dogs genetically are just too much. Yeah. The hormone levels are just too much for them. Now, let's see. Conditioning your dog for the world. That's another one that dog owners can do. Mm -hmm. Give them lots of new positive experiences when they're puppies. If you get them as a puppy. If you get them as Mm -hmm. an adult, still do it, but slower. Right. Supervise your dog again. It's supervise, supervise, supervise. Right. Around anyone and everything. And I'm going to have some fun posters that I will share as soon as I'm done rambling on about this. Dogs don't like dress up, by the way. (laughs) So, little off top, they don't like being hugged or kissed or 
being dressed up in outfits, it's not their favorite thing. <laughs> they, don't, they, they don't like getting married. <laughs> no, they don't. Because <laughs> that's the usual one, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think we did that as kids. You know, we <laughs> married the dogs to the cats. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Have you ever noticed anybody being bossy with their dog, like forcing it to do something that it doesn't want to do or isn't comfortable enough yet to do? Sure, yeah. That can increase your bite risk. Right. right. Yes. Okay. And body language. Uh huh. Let's see. How would we, how could I describe this over audio? Yeah. All right. Have you guys, anyone listening, have you ever seen a dog in, say, Lowe's, Home Depot, or Tractor Supply, anywhere, and the dog just has its ears pinned back? It looks like it's panting, looking around constantly. Okay. That's a, that's a scared dog. Don't even interact. Mm, okay. Uh, a subtle sign is lip licking. Oh. A dog could be standing there. And if you look at said dog, I want you guys to see this next time. You see a dog, say, hey, baby, and see what the dog does. Mm-hmm. If it just kind of moves its ears and you just see a nose lick mm-hmm. and there's no food present, mm-hmm. that's a nervousness sign. Okay. Yes. And that could mean? That's an appeasement signal. It's like, I'm kind of uncomfortable. I'd rather you not. Okay. All right. Address me. Got it. So that is one of my favorite ones is the lip lick. Mm-hmm. It's so quick. Right. Now, a regular dog, a, a regular dog, another dog mm-hmm. would instantly pick up on that and go, oh, you're, you're nervous. Right, right. And I'll be more cautious around you. I'll respect your bubble. Okay. Yawning. Uh-huh. When the dog is not tired. Yeah. So say you see said dog in Lowe's or Home Depot, you say, hey, puppy, after you've asked the owner. Uh-huh. If the dog kind of looks away, lip lick, or yawns, uh-huh. that's a stress signal. Okay. You know, try not to engage or let the dog choose to engage. Yeah, yeah. I've done that so many times in stores, and they'll say, oh, no, like, puppy, go say hi. Like, they try to make the dog say hi to me. I'm like, she don't want to. It's okay. Uh-huh. Just accept it. Right, right. Because... Who knows? I'm probably one of the few people that have respected that dog's space. Mm-hmm. They need to be respected. Right. And I can go on and on and on and on and on, so I probably should. No, I, yeah, well, it's interesting, yeah. Um, and definitely it's something to think about and um, to read up on. Uh, you certainly mentioned, like, one of my mistakes was always uh, trying to pat the dog on the head, you know, mm-hmm. and they don't really like that, and... I learned from someone, you know, hold out the hand, let them sniff you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, sometimes also like breathing towards them so they can pick up on your breath. It, you know, as long as you're not too close, you know, um, can make them feel more at ease. Yes, because um, they can smell the cortisol in your body. Mm-hmm. Dogs have amazing sense of smells. If they smell the stress in you, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, why is this one scared? Right, right. Uh, A good way to meet new dogs, especially if they seem nervous, Mm -hmm. they exhibit any of those signs, the best way is to turn your body sideways, Mm -hmm. crouch down, Mm -hmm. and don't necessarily look at them. Right. And just kind of hold your hand limply. Yeah. And let the dog choose. Right. If they choose to come up and sniff, start chatting with the dog. Right. Because the sideways body is also dog language. Mm. You're imitating dog language. Okay. Turn sideways, crouch down low. I'm not a big, scary, looming threat. Mm-hmm. And I'm not staring at you. Right, right. So you let them take it in in a more positive way. 
Excellent. On, on their terms. On their terms. Yeah. Yes. There we go. On their terms. Well, that's about all we have time for, although we seem to have gone a lot longer than usual. So um, have a great week, everyone, and we'll talk to you next time. All righty. I'll see you. You've been listening to One Bloke Went to Moe.